were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. I'm your host, Space Orphan 18, and today we're actually starting off season six with the now classic loser like me. And I have two guests who, you know, are okay, I guess. So <laughs> I'm kidding. They're wonderful. So I will let them introduce themselves. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Hi. Hi, I am Snarky Hag, and I'm Snarky Hag on Tumblr. <laughs> Inside joke, enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm Starky Hag everywhere. <laughs> oh, everywhere. Yeah. And I'm Sam, cleaning biscuits on Tumblr. Oh. Well, welcome to one of you back. No, I'm kidding. I love you both. <laughs> All right. And we are doing Loser Like Me. And so this particular episode, um, you know, it's it's uh it's not an easy episode. But I really like it. I, I think it's well done. Um, it reminds me a lot of season five um, in kind of that, I don't know, just tone of it in a little way, probably because it's focused on only a few characters. And um, it kind of sets off, you know, the whole arc of season six. And, and just really quickly before I even start the episode, I want to say that season six, for the first time, I think since season three the show has a definite direction to it mm-hmm. it might not have been the direction that we all wanted it to go in but it was definitely you know we're gonna start at the bottom season five like you know got rid of glee club and everybody started at their lowest points in this particular episode and the whole season's gonna work their way up to the end of the season to have this happily ever after 
Um, so, um, yeah. So what do you guys think overall just uh, to get us into it? Well, I, um, I really liked, I liked the episode. I liked the first chunk of uh, season six a lot. And, and this led into it really nicely. I mean, if, if you're going to start by ripping my heart apart, then, you know, this was the way to go. Um, and it was, it was done well. I mean, yeah, you're right. It might not be the story we would have chosen as a fandom, but it was a really good way of starting the season. I agree. It felt like a relief to see it be so apparent that they had a plan. Yeah. After, and, and I think that they had a plan, they had had a plan for a significant amount of time in season five. But after some of the other foibles in season four slash early five or mid five, um, it it felt good to to see um, something very cohesive and very um, true to the tone of the show, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it felt like it felt like the show. Yeah, I um, agree. And, and I, I I think it's really actually quite similar to a lot of the way a lot of the feel of season one. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a lot of echo. Yeah, it's intentional. that you can tell that they, you know, the whole driving to sectionals, like everything is going to focus in on getting them to sectionals and having a team and growing and building themselves up and everything. And that is very reminiscent of season, the first front 13 of season one. I think you can building a glee club again. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. it, it really literally took them right back down to the beginning. Which is, you know, why we have this episode. And I actually I have seven points here. I'm going to read these off because this is kind of fun. As to why we start the show, this season six, the way we do. Okay. So, number one. They get Kurt and Blaine were needed in Lima. And to get them back, they had to hit rock bottom. So, that's why I think one of the reasons they can had. I, can I interrupt there as well? Because I think part of it as well is that the end of season five if I remember this correctly, um, they were supposed to break up at the end of season five, but there was a lot of iffiness about whether they were going to get renewed. And I think they pulled season five together into a finale that if it had to, could yeah. see as a series finale. And so they brought them back together again. They weren't supposed to be back together. I think a, a couple of other things. They lost two episodes of season five. They lost nine wow. episodes of season six. And I think just bookending. I mean, if you bookended it with a proposal at the beginning and a breakup at the end, that would just be not great. So I think that they made the smarter choice of putting the breakup in season six. Whereas I think season five is bookended nicely, even if it does seem a little unfinished, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And at one point they had, I remember there was big rejoicing because they'd been renewed for season five and six. They got an early renewal for season six. Mm. And so, and I remember that kind of that rocky ground as we began to realize that what we thought was set in stone might not happen. Um, yeah. Remember the uneasiness because we, we were all pretty complacent because we knew we had that renewal. And then gradually things started to kind of um, uh, become a lot less secure. Um, and I think the storyline kind of showed that as well because they were suddenly having to kind of make make way for that possibility. Mm-hmm. I was excited because I thought we were going to have more of being in New York when, we, when oh, they originally talked about five and six. And so I was like, awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll season a season little six. bit. We're like yeah. another, like a half a season, like yeah. we had with season five, you know? 
Yeah, I think this was always kind of this coming returning to Lima was always in the cards. So I think that is what they felt comfortable with. And I think that, you know, the more time they were the college years and the more time outside of Lima, I think that that just strayed away from what they the story that they wanted to tell, even if it wasn't the story that we really wanted to see. That's the story that they wanted to tell. And so I understand that. Well, there's really only two reasons, just to be a selfish Kurt Samper moment, there's really only two reasons that Kurt would return to Lima, mm-hmm. and one of them is Bert's dead, and I'm yep. not okay with that. Nope. <laughs> like, something terrible happening to Bert, I can't, that can't happen anymore, that, that can't be. So, him going through some difficulty and climbing out of it, as opposed to something terrible happening to Bert or Carol, uh, this is the best possible scenario. It is. So... Um, and then, okay, so my next one is uh, Loser Like Me. This particular episode is about people at their lowest. And um, it is, I wrote, it's writing 101. It is. You you take your characters and you basically destroy them. And you build them back up to have that happy ending. And they took all of the characters, and we'll get into the, the character arcs in a, in a minute. But, like, you, you bring them down to the lowest level. And Rachel is, like, a disgrace as a performer. Will has sold out completely as a teacher, and Kurt and Blaine have broken up. And and that is your story, and that is where you start from. And that's not a bad—I mean, that that's actually good writing. Like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Now, the details, yeah, we can get into issues with the details, but that is— Makes sense as a starting point. I mean, Kurt's really the only one who hasn't lost everything. He still has a lot going on, but I think it was really great and meaningful to make him not having Blaine be so important because for so many seasons we watched Blaine act like, you know, uh, people would compare and say, you know, Blaine cares more or does more. And I think this was like another one of those important big gestures that come every now and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is the fact that, and people like, I know people groan when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, both Wemma, both Will and Emma and both Finchel broke off their engagements and then got married. It, this is a theme that they do apparently that, but and it goes in kind of with, you shouldn't marry an idea. You should marry a person, which is what Bert says. And I think that all of these couples kind of go through that same, like, you know, having to make sure that you are on the same page with that person and not like just doing it because it's the concept that should be done type thing. So, um, that's a, I'll look into that with a breakup. Hold on. And my next point, um, the, I, I do want to point out, and we did talk about this a little bit at the end of season five and, and a little bit in our between seasons five and season six episode, but, um, the writers were not interested in writing a breakup story. They were writing, they were interested in writing a get together story. And to do that, they needed to start them at the beginning. But I'm, I'm glad that they, they did that. We don't have nine episodes of Kurt and Blaine, like hating each other and breaking up and, and this whole horrible stuff, because that isn't what's satisfying. What's satisfying is the bringing them back together again. Well, and, didn't, and I don't think that's realistic either. I think that Kurt and Blaine, um, have such a high standard for their relationship that it makes me wonder if they really fought that much or if it just wasn't it was it wasn't maybe terrible terrible but it was just bad enough from the perfect they expected um because a lot of their issues sounded really quite normal and not that bad unless it was every day all the time well kurt does say right three hour fight 
Yeah, but every stuff. once in a while, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Because things are hard. I mean, mm-hmm. back in season five, we have Kurt t- having a conversation with Elliot. Um, I want to say maybe it's, I, I, I don't know if it's New York or tested, but he's having a conversation with Elliot about how uh, there's a little bit of something not perfect. And now he's worried that it's not going to work out okay. And Elliot's mm-hmm. like, dude, chill out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and so while I definitely think that they had issues, I think that both of them uh, put their issues up against this perfection, right. which neither of them can be, which especially I think tortures Blaine, who always wants to be perfect for everyone. And you, you can't do that. Right. Um, and like, sure, you know, sometimes you're going to fight over a towel because it's maddening what the other person is doing. Yeah, living but with if other people is hard. Oh my God, you're not supposed to. Well, yeah. and I, the, you know, I said that I pulled some things from the archive, and one of the things was a tag that I, I just I looked at. It was like, oh God, yeah, um, which was that you know, Kurt, when you get cold and distant, do you know what that does to the boy who wears his heart on his sleeve? Like, yeah. It, it was like it, as they got more and more with each with each thing that they perceived that was that the other felt that was wrong. <laughs> um, it's like they both retreated into their bad habit. Yep. And um, you know, Kurt just started that wall started coming back up. He'd get sarcastic and snarky and um and and cutting. Um and Blaine would just take every wound and sit there and 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 suffer with it. And neither of them would ever work on it. They just gradually hurt each other with paper cuts. Sure. And nobody wants to be told that they're gross because of the way they use a towel and nobody wants something gross on their towel. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the kind of fight that they had, the, the, the kinds of fights that they had were so like kind of not breakup worthy. It's just that they're young and they're under pressure. Well, they do. Yeah. We don't know yeah. that because we never actually, I mean, that's the one that was the last one that was sort of alluded to, but they never really do tell us what they were fighting about. Well, yeah. Uh, I'll put a pin in that because I will have more to say that, but I, I will. I'll mention that more when we we get we get to that point in that arc. Um, uh, uh, just to wrap up, what I was uh, the other reasons why we are at the, the where we are at the beginning of season six. Um, the writers didn't want to write thirteen episodes of clean wedding planning, and I realized that's what all the fic writers wanted to write and stuff like that. But I ultimately, again, the show wanted to write about a glee club in high school. And, you know, I know a lot of people were mad about Britannia getting the wedding stuff, but I, you know, I don't Britannia needed to get married. That's okay. It's fine. It's, it, I don't think there are a few things that would have been fun, like, you know, bringing Cooper back for a bachelor party. Yeah, that would have been great. But, you know, there are some things I would have traded. I would have traded the child star episode for more fun things about the original Glee Club. Right. I agree. Ice and Fall of Sue Sylvester I would have traded for um actual storyline about Dalton um uh burning yes. Yeah. I agree with that. But I, at least I even, she's a cornerstone of the show. Yeah. But they like, the whole it was, episode with it was frustrating. It was awful and I didn't like it and it was what they did with Dalton I, was maddening. But at the same time she was actually 
she was part of the show. I get that. Yeah. And this is what I, when I go back and I look at season six and I see where there are other points, I get that the child star thing. I don't think that they needed to introduce a new person, but like the having showcased these newbies, I get that because they've been around all season and they get one episode. I get the Sue Sylvester aspect. Uh, The only thing that I think is truly unfortunate is that they didn't close off these characters in the most satisfying way that they could. They tried. And there are yeah. a few things, and Rachel got it, but I think that there were they could have taken it a step further in certain aspects, and they were so bent on paralleling the first season and being you know all the way to sectionals that I think it 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 just was a, a struggle against, especially when the season started out so well, and then you're like when you like midway through, and you're like, oh, this is what they're going to do with the season. It's, it, it's frustrating. It's kind of what what did them in with the first time that they introduced. Um, newbies as well in the the third third fourth season um because they they had it in their head to do 2.0s of characters and it's like they they have a storyline in mind that they want to tell and they kind of go they drove forward with it without realizing what was and wasn't working and tweaking along well and yeah like i you know britannia got you know their three ish episodes of wedding stuff but at the same time what the hell are Santana and Brittany going to do with the rest of their lives? At least with Kurt and Blaine, we have some kind of idea of where they're going. With Brittany and Santana, that's just it. That's They are lesbians, and, and Brittany's bi, and like and they got married, and that's it. That's all there is to that story. And it's unfortunate, like, uh, you know, what is Artie really doing? What is Mercedes really doing? What is even Sam? I mean, Sam's going to be a teacher. Well, at least fine, but- those three you can guess. Yeah, and they do get parts <laughs> in the finale. But, you know, if I was a Britannia fan... And I wanted, you know, I, yeah, it'd be great that they got they got married, but at the same time, they get no real kind of resolution. They're just done, and they throw them away, and and it's unfortunate. Like, well, and they were never <sighs> consistent enough storytelling in their character arcs for you to have a real sense of what they would become outside of the parameters of the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, they always suffered from yeah. being a couple that was just very pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was kind of as far as they went with it, which is just insulting. The, the writers initially meant it just to be a throwaway joke, but the fans went for yeah. it, so they started feeding into it. But they never really had an idea for it. No, no. Uh, and I, think I mean, had, season six, even as as organized it is, it's still trying to put a lot of raccoons in one bag. Yeah, it really. So, is. <laughs> and um, everybody has their favorite raccoon. Yep. Um, and the, 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 my last point was like, it's, it's, let's be real. The writers writing healthy relationships that get focused on screen time was not something that they did very well. Um, basically, yeah, like they, there's so many times Finchel broke up a million times. Wemma broke up a million times. Yeah, conflict drives narrative, but that's just how they wrote it. And I feel like to expect these writers to go against the grain of something they are known to do, I feel is a little unfair. I, it's kind of like you should, just having that expectation that the writers are going to just, you know, have 13 episodes of fun wedding planning. is just not going to happen. That's just not what they do. And, sure. and, you know, I feel like now that we're this far out, I'm like, I can be okay with this particular, I actually like season six. So I just would have liked a few, a few throwaway lines. Yeah. And there, there are definite parts where I'm, I am slightly frustrated and then I'll get to those when we get into more of the season. But anyway, so back to this episode, um, I'm going to mix things up. Um, I'm actually going to do this by story arc unless you guys have like, so just follow All right. Me. Let's um, talk about Figgins let's... hitting rock bottom and working up the London <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that not? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Let's talk about, there's not really much to talk about with that. No, that was going... 
Everybody's at rock bottom. Everybody is. But let's talk about Rachel because I actually don't mind Rachel in the season. I actually think she's fun and enjoyable and I don't mind her story arc here. And I think she was so irritating for the middle part of the series. Oh, but just, it, yeah. I mean, okay. So she starts out. I love the scene where basically the guy tells her that she's done, you know, that's it. And it, there's everything um, that Lee Paul Blatt says is yes. hilarious. It is totally, I mean, it's fourth Wally, but it is yes. spot on. And it's, it's such a great little scene and it took someone took an actor took a comedian of that caliber to jam all of that in there hit all those beats and not have it be awkward yeah so well and also do you guys know what mambla is mambla yes i do <laughs> okay so <laughs> when i found this out i couldn't believe it they- did you have to google it <laughs> yeah, I Googled it. I mean, I Googled this way back when it aired, but, um, huge union. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> with the man and boy love association or something like North that. North America a- man, boy lovers association. I yeah. believe. And yes, For- that is pure season one yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at their website. It was terrifying. I was like, Oh, oh my God. God. I yeah. hope you did that. Like <laughs> anonymously, I did. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, because I was like super into that. No, and and for oh god, it was just ugh. anyway. Yeah, do you guys guys do yourself a favor, Google that. Um, no, don't do not. <laughs> but yeah, don't. It's terrifying. <laughs> the, the the men just want to love their boys. Come on, um, yeah. So yeah, just little jokes like that are in there. It's hilarious. Everything about it's hilarious. But then Rachel, yeah, she's taken. You know, this is why I'm okay I like with the whole Fanny arc because it gets her to this, and I think this is a better direction for her character. To be. I appreciate that initially Rachel really hasn't learned anything <laughs> because she doesn't even understand that she's fired. Like a whiny <laughs> child, she's like, but what do I do now? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Well, and uninvited. Now, I I guess I'm a a little bit younger than you guys, um, but uninvited was out when I was a teenager. And that was the perfect angst song. Like, you know, you're just upset and you're depressed and you just put this Atlantis Morissette song on and you just Mm -hmm. scream at the the walls. And um, that's her emotional age. It is. It's such a great, it is a good song. I love that performance. I love the star falling down. Or, the you know, star like a, falling down is great. I also like that they put her in um, the not quite so sophisticated New York clothes, sort of like, uh, like yeah. still kind of slutty, but adult version of of teenage Rachel. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, really she did looks, look like Rachel clothing. Yeah, yeah. she goes she goes to sort of back to basics where she doesn't look like a kid anymore. But she still has on a lot of those dumb outfits yeah. where you're like, wow, I can't believe she's pulling this off. I mean, it's not season four, like, totally black eye shadowy. It's not. What, you know? It's not crazy hair. It's not uh, thigh-high boots. But it is, yeah. like, incredibly tight sweaters and cute little skirts and lots of leg and, like, yeah. lots of, like, high, like, a really high collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Not quite a return to the pearls of the pilot episode, but, you know, pretty close. And she was, we got to keep in mind, after that, she is in hiding for a few months. Like, she doesn't come straight back to Lima. She is, like... Uh, so, just, are we to understand that it's it, the, on the timeline that it's it's six months, right? Okay, let me explain. I'm going to explain this. Okay, <laughs> we did teach me timelines last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is definite. This one has an okay. In the Hurt Locker Part Two, Sue has a calendar, and everything I, I'm going to say is going to be based off of this calendar. Okay. Okay. So it's so it's, total total truthness because it's total Sue. truthness. <laughs> Um, she has an October calendar. It is fall of 2014, and that particular episode is like three weeks into October. And you take, let's say, you know, say the ep- every episode is a week, except for the Hurt Locker's all in one week, whatever. And you go back, you go back to four weeks. You're in mid September, so the beginning of this episode is in, uh, like, when they start, like the school part of it is mid September, and then you take six months behind that, and that is when season five ended. Because Kurt comes back to his spot six months later. Yeah. But, so from September. My understanding was. with Kurt is that um, the speed dating and the going to the spot and all that stuff is all within like a couple weeks of each other. Yes. Like all of but those things hitting for him. Right. Yeah. I can and see the, the showing up at the spot, no one else showing up, being the thing that kicks him into, okay, then I'm on my own. I guess I have to go out and start building my life again yeah kind of that's i mean yeah so um so yeah so that's how i'm basing the timeline on all of this and if anybody wants to argue with me that's fine nope that's okay no i'm not arguing with this timeline okay (laughs) we agree so anyway but it is law damn (laughs) homecoming is also in early fall um, and that's going to be episode two. But anyway, and I sure. some of this stuff could be taking over the summer. But for uh, there's a throwaway line. I don't remember where it is. But um, yeah, she spends like her pilot bombs um, in the in the spring, and she spends like three months hiding somewhere at like their like their, their, her dad's like private thing place somewhere. And well, then wouldn't so, her dad have have known where? Dad number oh, one did right. not know where, where she had been. I have to watch Rachel's stuff again because I'm so foggy on it. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly, but. Yeah, they but yeah. say where she went, but nobody else seems to have known where she was. She yeah, nobody knows off the map. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't in New York. And yeah, because Blaine says she's, they haven't seen her or heard from her in months. So I, I don't know assume she, she was somewhere in California. Oh, that could be because she was out in California for that time. So. Um, but then she comes home and she finds, uh, you know, and this was really confusing at the time. I think I get it more now, but she comes home and she finds out that her parents are getting a divorce. Um, and I think the reason for that is that later it's part of pushing her to grow up. I mean, the dads are going to sell the house and she can't stay in, in Lima anymore. And it's part of, unfortunately, none of, she never does this on her own, but like everybody is like all of, you know, her, her outside forces are pushing her to go back out and, and be a part of, um, but, but. Well, you know, Rachel's having a bad time. So everybody else has to have one too. (laughs) But yeah, I, I just appreciate the way her room looked. Yeah, I like that it looked the same, and she looked like a version of Rachel, but definitely that she had outgrown it. 
Yeah. Her, her room still looked like, um, what did Kurt say, where Holly Hobby and Strawberry Shortcake go to hook up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. love that line. Um, and and her dad does say that, you know, they were waiting to tell her until she was right. out of hiding, which right. she isn't anymore. Um, and they So they had made all these decisions when she was unavailable. Um, so... Um, I'm going to skip over the Blaine stuff because we'll go back to that in a second. Um, but then she comes back and she decides, you know, there's not a Glee Club anymore. So she's going to get Glee Club back on. And she goes to Sue at first and Sue's just God, the worst. And um, then she goes over Sue's head and goes to the superintendent. Um, she's very another echo to the pilot episode of going into um, uh, the principal's office to... Uh, complain about things to get things mm-hmm. going. She wants it for the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she does touch base with Sam, and I just want to touch upon this because there's two things, and they both kind of drive me crazy. The first thing is that this show has a huge problem with this idea, and they didn't have in the first time. I mean, the first season they actually worked with it a little bit, but for whatever reason, it's either you know you are a football player and you're an athlete and you're a math person and science person, or you're an arts person. And you can't be both. And for some reason in season six, it's like, it's important to get arts education in there. And it is something that, you know, schools are struggling with. It's often the time for, you know, first things cut. And it's a parody, you know, Sue's being a parody, being all of this, like, you know, I've completely gotten rid of all of these kind of classes. But at the same time, I'm like, all of these subjects and skills are important. It is important to have a full rounded education. And sometimes the show is so one-sided, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the whole, that, that whole you can be both is like Finn's season one arc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for some reason, the show has forgotten about that. And so this, <laughs> and then at the end, they're like, forget sports. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not, it's no, it's not. Stop. Occasionally suffered from short-term memory loss. I know. Um, the second thing about this particular scene is that we get our first newbie of the year and, um, probably the worst one um it's uh spencer spencer right yeah i hate him i hate him too and the funniest thing is like even in his first lines he's like yeah i can be a jackass he's like breaking the fourth wall because everybody breaks the fourth wall in season six and he's like yeah i'm a jackass and i'm like it doesn't mean we enjoy this like why plus i'm so sorry i feel awful a little bit guilty saying this this actor is really bad he can't oh yeah absolutely remember what i just said about lee paul black yeah, so that actor delivered those lines, and they worked. This actor did not; it did not work. He just the entire season. He just makes me cringe with his act, and everybody is so much higher than he is. That this is know, it. Just comparison to the other newbies that they brought in. He just yeah. so much weaker. So the the fact that this is our first one back is just like, yeah. um, so. And then, um, and then we get a little glimpse of Sam, who's doing okay, and and we're gonna start to build the Sam Rachel romance, which <laughs> okay, Glee, fine, whatever. Um, Glee bicycle. They found yeah. one they hadn't done yet, so they had well. One out. Sam, Sam needed to do something in this season. I mean, <laughs> like that was the Glee always like when when in doubt, mash people together, and uh, I know. Well, they yeah. also like to make him be the new Finn. Yeah. yeah, that's true. He was very much super inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Being the new Finn doesn't necessarily mean giving you Finn's old girlfriend. Yeah. 
even for, I mean, they're going to even just drop him. Rachel and Sam don't break up. They just kind of hook up and then that's it. She yeah. gets, you know, Jesse St. James back. So, well, um, who cares at that point? Yeah. Jesse St. James has showed up. <laughs> um, remember Adam? We don't remember. Did he get broken up with? No. <laughs> move on. <laughs> Adam, who? the important thing's happening. Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? We don't need an NBC. I'm just um, saying. People get tossed aside. And sometimes yeah, exactly. for the best. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, and then she, uh, then let's talk about Will real quick because it kind of, you know, latches mm-hmm. on. Will is, I, I do like the scene where he's talking to his kid because the kid's cute. I don't really care about what he's saying, but the little chubby redhead baby is adorable. He's probably um, most likable in that scene that he has been in many seasons. True, but I think he's still irritating like i'm not saying he's good i'm just saying he's more likable <laughs> this is mm-hmm. this is my thing i also this is where i feel like glee has completely lost its its original purpose like because he's talking about oh maybe i should have them do a backflip at the same time and i'm like do you realize that's not what a glee club is that a glee club sings like come on it's not about the spectacle you even made that a big whole deal when chris was or chris when kurt was auditioning for um Diana. Like it's about the music, and for and I realize part of Will's arc is about that it's a you know he's lost his thing, but the show is completely forgotten that the Glee clubs sing and not just you know dance around and repeat well, the same. Well, Vocal line. Adrenaline have always been a really strong dance crew. Yeah, so but there's that. True, I know. I, and it, it on, ties as in much bed. as I don't want to spend any more time on Will. I don't mean on this podcast. I mean on the show. Yeah, I thought it was nice for Matthew Morrison <laughs> that he yeah. got some redemption. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, he really isn't that bad this season. Um, the the whole vocal adrenaline arc is boring. They get a song here. It's kind of like, why are we wasting our time with it? Um, oh yeah, yeah, all every it's single so one of those songs. Why are we in adrenaline? Yeah, yeah. Oh, every God. single time they had a song, I was like, oh, why are we wasting our time with this? And I felt like that in this season. I mean, in this episode. Um, and then we get um, Rachel and, and Will reconnecting, and it's fine. I mean, it's a little bit kind of going back to that pilot scene where she's like, you know, being a part of you, part of something makes whatever that line is. Yeah. Um, and But then he has this ridiculous metaphor about an arrow and a bow, and I'm like, what the hell are you even talking about? This doesn't make any sense. She's like, my bow is broken. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was stupid. But Not, I believe that those two characters would have that stupid of a discussion. That's <laughs> and I mean, she would be like, wow, you still got it. it there's <laughs> there's much better metaphors that they could have done. I'm just like, come on. But, guys, he, w- but he wouldn't have come up with them. No, it's true. <laughs> like, have you ever seen an archer? And she's like, when would have I seen that? <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then we also get, I've, I can't not talk about this. We get Rachel watching her show. We've got to for a second. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I want to say, because it's a little confusing. It, it was a live show. Um, like, the show, that's why there were so many. I mean, like, why else would, like, a light falling on one of your actors, like, be in the show? Um, but it was a live show. But it's so funny that it's so bad. Oh, my God. It's so bad. And it's yet- the kind of good bad yeah. that Glee does. I, I also appreciated that they just dragged every character who wasn't Kurt into the scene and made them have a reason to all be there. Like, what? 
Okay, seriously. They're watching this at Will's house, right? Yeah. What the fuck is yeah. Blaine doing there? Blaine hates him. Like, that's not... <laughs> but Sam's there, and that's why, like... I guess. Why, I, so, because Rachel I and, guess and Blaine have already said... Blaine and Rachel have already said that they're going to do their comebacks together, but then... Why would Sam be there? That doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. I don't even understand why they're making her watch her show. I think Sam has nothing better to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't know, but let's start, let's take an appreciation for that, Sir Rachel. Let's let's appreciate the carrot top. Um, well, <laughs> top. I love the part where he's in a wheelchair and he crosses his legs. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, then he, uh, cert, um, what's the line about, I'm going to feed my that worm to a warbler? <laughs> yeah, is, is a good one. <laughs> and then they quit. I wish, I wish Darren would have given more of an, imp- uh, like they, they panned to Blaine and they could have given more of a reaction out of that. That would have been hilarious. I um, like, I feel like that that the Rachel jokes were, were the things that when they were in the writer's room, they, yeah. Threw- Died laughing and then said, "We can't use that." Um, or I think it's care. criticism. Some of it, some of it's criticism. People would criticize Kevin for moving while in the wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. The I think there's a lot of that stuff. Warbler joke is obviously a nod mm-hmm. to Clayne. Um, like Rachel and Brittany, not Rachel, Mercedes and Brittany, like their counterparts, just be you know the sassy black woman and the crazy girl with cats, and you know it's oh, just God. a. It's a parody farce of the of the New York arc and hilarious. Um, uh, so and we didn't even get to really truly excruciatingly embarrassing way. Yeah, I, it's I think it's hilarious. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know why Rachel needs to see it. Maybe just to confront the fact that it happened because I we like, needed to see it. That's why. It's true. <laughs> I like to see it. I like how Blaine's like, where's all the songs? And she's like, they cut it all out. Like, what happened when it got down to L.A.? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, these things go through development. And I, Mary Holleran probably went back to her original script. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Sir is like an old man. There are so many, there are so many Kurt old people jokes in this season that I'm like, what? Like, why are they? It's interesting. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I, okay. <laughs> Pick another joke, guys. Come on. Um, yeah. So no, they just sort of ran that one into the ground. Yeah, I mean, it was a little too much. I'm like, I know you're picking on Chris there, but come on. Also, um, making fun of Blaine, who is yeah. old. <laughs> and um, so yeah, and then yeah, her story kind of wrapped. Well, you know, both you know her and Will are gonna stage a comeback and she's gonna you know start the glee club again and um i do like let it go um and um but they've never done any disney i I don't think she sounds good and i think that it makes a lot of sense for her yeah Uh, it was one of those songs that felt like it was it it was less because it fit the storyline and more because it was the hot song of the moment yeah, uh, I, eh. I am glad they. I was just happy they did some Disney before they ended. I, I'm sure the rights to get some kind of Disney song must have been hard. Yeah, and that's why they never did it. But it was nice to see them, especially when you know Adina Menzel is the one that did that, and to have Rachel, have Leah Michelle do it. 
I don't know. I thought it was a nice touch. I also like Frozen Sue at the end. <laughs> but I don't so. know. I like yeah. the gold star. I like, yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. It was a great podcast, guys. Let's uh, end it there. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Frozen Sue. I mean, we're solid. I lose all my I already talked about Figgins, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> So there's actually a, there's a thing that Rachel says at the end, and it was that was one of those moments where I kind of I, my 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 knuckles crack and my eyes roll because they they let her they I'm never sure whether it's supposed to be a Rachelism or if it's just the the script kind of letting her get away with these things, um, but she says something about it. Will asks her how um, uh, what she's going to do, and and she's going to go back to Broadway, I guess. She said I had it once, and then and then it. Um, uh, I lost it. It's like you didn't lose it. You threw it away. Like yeah. it, this concept of 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 it being this sad thing that she had and she lost. And it's like no, you had everything and you tossed it away. Like it's not. Anyway, there was just there's Rachel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just the way they write Rachel. It's the fact that she never and she really doesn't ever in the entire series really kind of own up to being the one that screws things up. And I do Even, think she thinks she lost it. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, it, it makes for a through line to the other character who actually did lose something. Um, and it, uh, it works for her, and I really hope it's the kind of thing where they don't think that's reality. They think that's Rachel's reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So before we get to the other, because we basically covered everything else that wasn't curtain plane in this episode. Um, was there anything else that you guys want to mention before I go back to the beginning and we kind of hitting on all of the Kalinish stuff in here? Let's see. Because I think I hit everything that I wanted to. I'm sure you don't want to talk about Sue. Oh, God, no. I mean, I mentioned, okay. I, I, I felt like I did mention, like, her, like, I don't know. I, it's a Sue... Is to the point. This is what I'm going to say about Sue. She is no longer a real character. She is going to service the story and make commentary on the story at the same time and however they need her to do it. And that is it. So talking about her as if she's an actual character feels irrelevant. Which is, which is I will say this. All she does so when she... Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say that, but that's why the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester bothers me so much. Is that it's not a character? So like, long, she's yeah, not. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I do like some of the things that they. I mean, I don't like all of it, but I do appreciate some of the things that they do. Like when they have um, Kurt and Rachel back in the Glee Club, and she walks into the room and says that they were the most promising <laughs> graduates, and here they are. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. she like, does she dump out? A- Pencil sharpener. Yes. <laughs> she just yes. does a bunch of really obnoxious stuff, and and I like that. You know, especially because it's Kurt. He just gives no, like he has no time, not even to be confused. He's just like, oh, that's happening. <laughs> and it's so funny that Sue is gonna have this bizarre. Well, you know why? It doesn't matter because because of the fact that she is literally there to service and comment on the, the, what's going on so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter her actions whatever they are they don't have to make sense it doesn't matter that she releases the hounds no no it doesn't matter that she is pissed off at kurt for starting the glee club and wanting to get them can it get her him back together with lane while trying to sabotage everything while forcing them into an elevator it just doesn't matter because it, 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 she's not a character anymore 
But Kurt's, but, Kurt's face in that entire choir room scene yeah. was worth the price of admission all by Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. So let's go back to the beginning. You can tell that they have fun doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, you're attacked with Jane Lynch, and that's got to be pretty fun. Yeah. So... Okay, so um, at the beginning, we actually start with Blaine. He's the first one we see in his pretty blue shirt. Oh, he looks good. Um, he is vibrant. He's got bright blue. He's got bright red pants. He's got the red and blue bow tie. He's wearing the Dalton colors, but he's very vibrant and high energy. Like everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm gonna be fine. Like I'm Wait. presenting forward. Everything's great. You know. Yeah. You know what we talked about, though, in the um, Between Seasons 5 and 6 podcast, though, is that Blaine, while he's not 100% fine, obviously, he is doing relatively well. He um, is. He is back in the positive. I think he's doing better than Kurt is. Um, I think his outfit expresses his optimism. Yeah. He, he and it's more of like, he, like, when, back in season four, when, when Kurt is like, well, I, I want to be fine. I think that's Blaine. Like he is, he's -hmm. dealt with a lot of his issues. He has worked his way about getting over Kurt. It's still a sore spot. I mean, when, you know, when Rachel brings it up and he's like, Oh God, do I have to talk about it? Um, but yeah. And then, you know, he's, he he doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, not just for, for surprise purposes, but I also think for meta purposes, he does not tell Rachel that he's dating someone else. Oh Yeah. He does not. He's doing well. I think it's 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 not completely a mask. I think he's convinced himself that he's he's right. past it yep. all. He's well, but he's I mean, done he a says, lot of processing. He's done a lot of processing. He was he went through you know a depression. He he went to a therapist. He worked on himself. He tried new things, which we'll know we'll learn about more in the next episode. And he's kind of come out the other side. And he had he had Kurt not come back, he would have been okay. I mean, he would have eventually, you know, ditched Karofsky and gone off and done something else. But you know, he is doing relatively okay, he better than Rachel. Not, he does not need Kurt to survive, and that is a very important yes. point for Blaine to have. He needed to be at this place, yeah. as romantic <laughs> as it was to have him. Oh, I just I need you. I love you. It's not really real. You have to you have to want the other person, not need the other person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is like it was everything that's going on for him right now, based off of what we see happen in this one episode. I feel like okay, so he's got himself figured out better than he used to, and he's at a point where he's growing towards the life that he wants. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and kind of, I mean, no, is he hiding in some old familiar places? Of course. Yes. He's a Dalton. That's what Dalton is. But He's actually um, allowing himself to, to imagine a life without Kurt, which yeah. is huge. It's healthy. It's good. He you can stand go on back his own two feet. Yep. And that's the, you know, they are, you know, hitting the reset button. I mean, they, they, when did we first get introduced to Blaine? It was at Dalton. And that mm-hmm. is why another reason why they sent him back there, because we are taking things back to the season one, season two beginning mm-hmm. and going to do it all over again. Um, and well, you know, it, Lee Paul Blatt says that, you know, when you fail miserably, you go home, blame everybody yeah, so else. Home. Everybody goes, Oh yeah. Blame everybody else. Well, that's, Blaine's not going to do that, but 
But you know what? Also, and this is important, he does not necessarily blame himself for the breakup. No. Like, and we'll talk about that more in the breakup part of it. But, you know, he... You know, he spent so much time in season four blaming himself for everything that went wrong with Kurt and every, you know, all that. And now he's at the point, he's like, no, Kurt, you know, was the one that broke the back this time. I'm not going to sit here and wallow in what could I have done differently. I'm going to try and move on. I'd like to think as well that if he's been in therapy, it's not a matter of one or the other being to blame this time. Right, yes. exactly. Well, I felt that way about the other one. Too, but anyway. They both contributed to the breakdown of this. They both shrunk into their bad habits. They both, um, and I'd like to think that the reason that he's in kind of an okay place about it is he doesn't blame himself or Kurt. It, right. it, it's horrible, but it happened. Yeah, he blames Kurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still pretty, pretty bitchy. He's pretty angry, stuff, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, uh, the, the other thing I think that is really kind of cool during the scene, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, um, the in the background musically they are playing the slow down instrumental version of loser like me when rachel and blaine are talking it's really cute it's really kind of fun because it's like oh my gosh that it's it's really neat i don't know just went through that um we should also mention that he uh, flunked out of niata which is good i don't think niata was a good fit for him um he never really went there because of kurt he kind of got that sincere like it wasn't his dream it was kurt's dream and he's eventually going to go to NYU, but like, <laughs> I don't can't. necessarily know that Miata was bad for him, but it was not challenging. No, it was, it was bad in the sense easy. that it, it, it was, yeah, I, I mean, not bad. And it was, it was too much someone else's turf because it's yeah. such a small school. Well, I, that's what I mean. It was like, it was very much a, um, it, you know, a way to be more attached to Kurt. Yeah. Whereas if he goes to another school, and which he will go to another school, it's a way for them to have space and individuality, um, which is good and healthy for the relationship. So, like, what it, we we know that we know that this is something that Kurt's been moving towards, and he's got all of his scrapbooks and things like that. Like, what what was it that like if if Kurt had been in the picture then? Like, I just they never really gave us an indication of what. Blaine wanted like where where he might have leaned towards if he wasn't going for someone else. Yeah, and that and yeah. Been, well, yeah. he was too underdeveloped of, of a character early on, and yeah. so when we first hear about his hopes and dreams, it's in the season two finale of Oh yeah, Blaine's coming too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like we do find out like they are both performers, and I still cringe at the whole idea that like they are doing everything together. Whatever, I'm not even, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, so the next time, like, just kind of continue with the Blaine thought a little bit, uh, let's talk about the, uh, well, first let's talk about suddenly Seymour, mm-hmm. which I like and Sam doesn't like, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, it, it, the whole thing felt very, which is fine because that's what a lot of the songs are in this, but it felt like something that Leah and Darren wanted to do and it felt more like Leah and Darren singing than it did Rachel and Blaine and yet there was a very Rachel and Blaine-ness about it there's just something about it for some reason and it's just me it just doesn't work for me um I don't know why I fast forwarded through it when I rewatched it I agree I think it feels like Leah and Darren uh, I liked it but I'm not I, I 
we'll have to watch it again. Cause I, I did fast forward through it just because I was running out of time and I needed to get other things done. Um, <laughs> I usually fast forward through the songs. I, I like it as a duet though, in general and musicality works. I mean, um, they did a good job with it. I think it is. Eh, I think, eh, I think most of these, songs I will say been this, cut, I, but I, the problem is <clears throat> Darren is not on the same caliber as Leah. With he can standards. he can do his own stuff, yeah. but if yeah. they're singing it live, and he's performing with someone on that mm-hmm. level, it doesn't work as well as it should, mm-hmm. because you don't have the you know they, the two of them go on tour and there's and he's got the charisma thing that he can throw out there. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily happen on screen, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have. Something about the the it's like it's it's fine it's good it's just not great. Okay. You All know, right. I I'm and and in. I will say this: I think that I think that if uh, if Matthew Morrison and Leo were singing that song, they would be on the same caliber. I would be bored. Yeah, but um, so it's just it's it's like she's too much for what's trying to happen sometimes. And I think, see, all of this is, I think, part of my problem with the song. There's something for me. There's something about it. There's a combination of elements. Something, yeah. He just, just did. It wasn't one of their more inspired songs. I don't think they always work as a duet. I think sometimes they do. I think Broadway Baby, they did. Broadway Baby was amazing. <laughs> but um, I don't I think they say, always work. And this is one of the times when they don't. I Okay, I will say this. And, and, and coming from a musical perspective... Leah Michelle is as much as I've said in the past that her voice kind of drives me crazy sometimes. Um, when she does Broadway numbers, she's amazing. She does what she's supposed to do, and she is a true performer in that respect. Darren is better. His his he gets pitchy and he goes out of tune, and he isn't his. And I, I was saying, is it's I, not his wheelhouse. It's not his wheelhouse. But I, and I love his voice. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't hit the like when you were singing these musical theater songs. You have to be right on because you have to enunciate to be able so that the audience can tell what's going on in the song because they need to understand. It's a different skill set than when you're just you know picking and having your fun at the bar or whatever it's, or you know even on a, a rock show. Yeah. It's just a different thing. Now Blaine I think Darren is much more charismatic than than Leah. I think I would much rather watch a concert with him than yes. you know, but at the same time, it, it, you're right, it doesn't always translate. I personally I'm I mean I guess it's just because it is just a song where it's like, hey, let's just have Darren and, and Leah sing because Darren's not going to sing very much in this season. Um, why not throw this in here now? It's fine. It doesn't, but... Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's just... I don't think it was... I, I don't think I appreciated it on the level that it was acclaimed for. Yeah. I will say, let's. I think it's a good time to, to mention this now because Kurt and Blaine don't sing a lot in this. And I know a lot of people were upset about that, but I do believe, and I wish I had a source to back this up, that Chris and Darren said, please give me less time to like, you know, those musical numbers are so, you know, it takes up so much time that I can see them saying, can we just please back off on the number of music numbers that I have to do? They, I mean, because if you look between the newbies and vocal adrenaline, they get a majority of the music this year. Not even Leah is singing as much. Um, so I'm guessing that as a 
way to give their lead actors a little bit of a break, they decided to take a step back. I think I've heard Leah say that, that she didn't want to sing that much in the final season. Yeah. So you can tell, like, they are not singing. There's a lot of group numbers. There's a lot of newbies. There's a lot of vocal adrenaline. And I realize, you know, it's disappointing, especially if you're a fan of the, the vocalist or if you're a fan of, like, these musical stories. But I also think in season six... That, especially with Rachel and Kurt and Blaine, the point of their stories is about growing up and, you know, being, like, there's this mentality with musicals that they're this kind of fantasy. And they're trying to break away from that with this final season. Like, no, we're going to send them off into the real world and be real people. And it's, it's you know, it was fun for this musical realism for a while, but now we're going to take them back in this other, you know, more semi you know realistic for glee situation where the music isn't what matters it's what they're saying and what they're doing i guess i guess my 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 only thing with that is that i it's fine okay you're only going to have a few songs in the season i guess i wish that they curated the choices a little better then that i will agree with that yeah i agree with that this is your last season and your last kick at the can and these are your last songs that these characters are going to sing yeah i guess there's yeah I wish that Kurt and Blaine had had a solo each, but at the same time, I get the statement of they're they have three duets together, and, and that's the point of the season. That's the point of the season yeah. is that they are together. I have no, I have no particular issue with that. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, but as as it pertains to suddenly Seymour, which we were talking about, yeah. I, there are so many other things that they could have oh, done yeah. that just. But I think it was just Darren and Leah have been. I think they just wanted to sing that one together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Probably. I, I think a lot of season I think, six songs that the that the older cast did was things that they wanted to do. Okay, things that they went they wanna, went to the showrunners and said, "I want to do this one." Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Um, it it's definitely the, the music of this season is different in a lot of ways and. Um, you know, you can. There's a lot of eighty. There's throwback to eighty stuff. I think Ryan Murphy was just trying to get in his favorite cat stuff too, because there's a lot of eighties music that really should never have been on there. I mean, but um, well, they weren't trying to be top of the charts anymore. That ship had sailed. No. Yeah. So, so they just did what they wanted. In, in the end, I think actually some of my favorites were the weirdly enough were the the um, Carol Kane, uh, Alanis Morissette. Oh yeah. Those yeah, were, when we talk about that, those were that's an amazing uh, musically that might be maybe my favorite of season six. Yeah, um, anyway, but, not one we're talking about today. Anyway, not yeah, exactly. Back to anyway, one, so. the Anderberry twins sing. It's adorable. <laughs> yes. Oh man, we can never just be concise on the show, can we? Um, <laughs> we're just fine. I'm sure our audience enjoys it. Uh, okay, so. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else with Blaine that we haven't covered before we get to before we get to dun, tying dun, it into Kurt stuff. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Um, all right. Oh, so well, they talk. sing it. They, he visits. She visits. Oh, the Dalton. Dalton. I knew there was something I was missing. Okay, so yeah. she visits Dalton. Um, and it really, it's just a, a way to show off Dalton again. You yeah, get the I didn't care. Again. Not care. It was Dalton. It, it was fine. It was Dalton. It was, I yeah. understand why it was there. I I will say this is my nitpick because I my I have issues with Sing, and my problem with Sing is that you have this you know lead singer. He's going to be the lead singer all year for the Warblers. He's fine, whatever. But when Darren comes in, there's a oh, noticeable shit. quality difference. Yeah, and I'm like, 
I mean, he's got, this is where Darren shines. He's, Blaine's got the charisma. He's got the mannerisms. His voice is spot on. And it's just a higher quality and caliber of vocals than that other guy was doing. Well, I mean, you know, why we fell in love with Blaine. So I'm like, why is he not? I get that he's okay. No, I do understand why they didn't have him singing the whole song, but it, it just is such a shift in quality that I, it's almost unlistenable at the beginning. I can't listen to the first half of the song. I'm like, no, I just play the part where Darren's in. I didn't. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> um, it's cute. It's cute. I, I mean, I like. It. It's cute. It's all the classics. It's, the it's all the classic touch. dance the moves. I mean, it's the blazers. The furniture. Yeah, the, moving the furniture. It's Rachel smiling. Yeah, I it's fine. Warblers dance again. I don't know. There was something. It was like, oh, look at the boys in the Blazers dancing. <laughs> and I almost think because uh, there's a lot of Dalton stuff in, in episode two that I think we'll dig in a little bit more about Blaine being at Dalton again. But I do think, you know, it is a safe haven for him. It is a place for him to. It's interesting. Uh, somebody said earlier, you know, they all go home again. But at the same time, this is just a liminal space. This is not their homes really anymore. This is where they are to heal so they can go back to where their real home is. And they'll even make a point with that with Rachel later on in the season. But mm-hmm. everybody here is just temporary. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about some Kurt. Um, no, no curse. Um, if you really, I'm going to, I'm going to do and be shameless. I think this is the second time I'm going to do this on the podcast. Um, if you really want to get into what I think my head headspace was about Kurt summer and how he got, Oh, did from, somebody write a fic hey, about it? <laughs> the comma usage in that fic is off the chart. He's so good. Whoever baited that. Uh, yeah yeah you should you should totally check this pick out because the editing is the grammar is so good the commas are spot on the dashes are a thing of beauty yeah every once in a while there's some metallics and they are on purpose (laughs) (laughs) some turns of phrases just wouldn't be what they are if i Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote yeah. a fic um, that everybody seems to know about, but um, I'm going to plug it again. Anyway, for the two people that have not read it yet, it's called With Every Broken It's Bone. called Caveman Claim. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could claim that. I did not write that. I wish I could. <laughs> that is the true work of beauty. I, I could never write anything that brilliant. I don't um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 if they do nothing else in their in their life, they they have contributed greatly to society. Yes, I hope wherever you are, anonymous, that you <laughs> are that person's really out there somewhere, just living here. their life. Um, okay, so my fig is not as good as that one, but um, I do. <laughs> it is my favorite thing that I've written. So, and and uh, Mel, you know her. It's forty seven. Mel forty seven did a a uh, a great video for it. Um, with it's called with every broken bone, go have fun with with you know summer and cart and um, but the important thing that I came to kind of the conclusion of real writing it is that Kurt, unlike Blank, didn't really process anything. He kind of pushed it all aside and and kind of just kept trying to be him without really dealing with the fact that he you know broke off his he relationship. He focused on a bunch of tasks in front of yep. him and not what he needed to process. Right, exactly. Which is very, very hurt. And which I'm gonna I oh I, I'm gonna say my favorite. Well I think part. it's hurt to process. 
You know, it yeah, hurt to do those does. things. He didn't want to have those feelings. He felt, well, and he's also right. He doesn't want to be wrong. Like, he was like, I made this decision. We're going to break up. We're too young. We're fighting all the time. We're not going to do this. So I'm going to break it up. And if I think about it, I can think about the fact that not only did I lose the person that I love the most, but I, I hurt him and I broke it off and I screwed up. He doesn't want to think about that. Nope. Just going to put it in a corner and not think about it. Um, there was also there, there another, another one of these things from the archives that I, I, I pulled up and uh, it was, um, I think it was Gleescape who wrote it, but it was, Kurt was doing that thing where he'd been having an argument in his head with an imaginary Blaine for like the last 20 yep. minutes. And when the actual Blaine walked in, he landed in the middle of the fight that was already happening. And the yes. time attached to it yep. was change the minute to month. And that's probably more accurate. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. in my with his processing, I this is my favorite metaphor ever, and everybody's so sick of me saying it, but I'm going to say it again anyway because it just makes me so happy. Um, the 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 toe metaphor. Kurt stubbed his toe, and instead of going and trying to fix his toe, he cuts off his foot. And four to six months later, he realizes he doesn't have a foot anymore, and it freaking hurts. You know, he should have gone and you know taken care of his toe, but he didn't do that. I think it's also re- I I I I, uh, um, I hesitate to. To dump this all on Kurt, because it, he did break it off, but it makes it sound very much. And I, I, this really did like the way that it was laid out. Uh, just it, it's not all Kurt. Uh, it, it's not, but in the same way that season four's was not all Blaine. Like, I it's not all like Kurt, but somebody somebody has to somebody has to make the decision to say it. Yeah, yes. and, and, and and so, so the actual that's what it is. I mean, what? Blaine was being annoying. This, oh yeah, this is it. Is they break up? It's I mean the the breakup, the actual breakup, the uh, we are breaking up was Kurt. But yes, um, but the the what led to that moment um, was very very much split down the middle to me. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, like I said, it's the same. I feel that way about season four that they were both at fault for how, why they got in that situation in the first place. And I even think the season six kind of came out of issues that they didn't resolve in season four. Yeah. Oh gosh. Like, but like, it's, it's goes back to this like defensive, like there's so many, like so many people were like, well, but you pinned it on Blaine the first time. Let's, you know, and they focused it on Kurt this time because a lot of season four breakup stuff was Blaine focused and how he had to deal with, you know, he, you know, he cheated and, you know, he has to go through working through that. I think that was a really good choice for the show to make Kurt, quote unquote, the bad guy on this. Yeah. And that's making it black and white because I do agree that they both had issues just as in season four. I agree that they both had issues there, but I think that Kurt needed to learn lessons that Blaine learned the first time around. And that is why they framed it as quote unquote Kurt is the bad guy but well, no I yeah and, and as well they it's mentioned that they both did therapy um yes I I look at Kurt and I think this is a boy who should have been in therapy years ago when his mom died yeah. yes like the number of like the amount of baggage that he has to unpack to even get close to the problems that he's having blamed um is huge yeah well, think about all the stuff that's happened in his life. His mom died. He doesn't have siblings to deal with some of this other stuff. He was picked on for being gay and very harassed for being gay. 
uh, and just being different in general. His stepbrother dies, somebody he was very, very close to. Uh, you know, the, his yeah. dad gets remarried. And yeah, he loves Carol. But that is another thing. Like, it's just all of the stuff. And then his boyfriend cheats on him. The, you know, this, like, high romance that, you know, there's so much there. There's just in those little, those five, six things that I pointed out. And that's not even the whole of it. I mean, his best friend's Rachel Berry. That's got to be a whole nother, you know. <laughs> Exhausting. <laughs> and and I think half of what half of what has fed into his problems with Blaine are all of the coping mechanisms that he has built for himself over the years. Yeah. And all the other yes. stuff. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, absolutely. You know, all of the things really- that made him able to survive have also sort yeah, of, absolutely. I mean, except for some stuff with his dad and that's yeah. such a special relationship for such a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think he really hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Um, so going uh, backing up before we, well, they do this backwards in this episode. Oh, anyway, so when we first see Kurt, he is kind of getting ready for his next semester at Niata. He is getting ready to do um, he, a uh, the most talk- Kurt thing ever. Yeah, like, <laughs> direct a play at the old folks' home um, about reality television. About reality television. Now they make this a point, and I think this is a subtle thing that they bring up every once in a while, just as a reminder, Kurt is doing an outreach program from Diata. He is going to go, instead of doing this old folks home, he's going to go home and teach Glee Club. But the point is, he's still enrolled in Niata. He's still going to go back to Niata mm-hmm. after the semester. But um, that is there. I, I mean, I know a lot of people, and me included, were disappointed that there wasn't more about Kurt and his career. But it is there. He's it on track. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's still, you know, him screwing up. Like, both Rachel and Blaine, they've kind of screwed up. Their their careers a little bit, but Kurt is still technically not lost everything. No, no life. But yeah, that's and that's the also the other point. Like, yeah, Kurt's okay. That's what this whole opening montage. He's like, I'm fine. I'm gonna go do this stuff in Yada. I'm gonna start dating again. But the point is, like, that biggest thing other than his dad. He's like he's surviving, but he's not thriving. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. He's missing a very big part of you know, his life. Um, and I think until he gets things back on track personally, he's kind of going through the motions with the, with the acting as well, because yeah, I mean, it's one of the things with acting, you kind of need to have, you need to be in touch with what's going on inside in order for that to really do. And you think about who he was as a younger person. He was someone who wanted all, like all of his ideas of, love were all high romance high fantasy and all things that he thought wouldn't really be things for him mm-hmm. he wouldn't really get any of those things so on some level child. here he is and he's he doesn't have it anymore and he's coping with it by saying like well you know i, I kind of maybe i never really thought that i was going to get the happy ever after yeah but i'm gonna get to do my production of the real housewives at the retirement home you know like mm-hmm. I'm still in college. I'm still okay. I'm still going to do this thing. Well, and also, I think that also that stubbornness of how that plays into the breakup a little bit too. He is so insistent on this is my life. I'm going to get married at 30. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And he just doesn't put in any room for change. And um, I think when Blaine started pushing, like, hey, let's do this. Let's actually get married. Let's actually, you know, whatever. And the fact that Kurt is like forced to, you know, change because it's going to come up yeah. again a lot that Kurt says, you know, I'm, I believe I was supposed to be married at 30. 
that... Well, his fortitude is what allowed him to survive. So I see yeah. why he uses it, and it's not entirely bad. But yeah. I think it's really meaningful that he's not whole. Yeah. And he's yep. realized that now. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, first he has to do speed quite. dating. <laughs> like, let's talk about the speed well, dating. Right. This is <laughs> Can we talk about the how he's wearing a winged brooch when he goes to his speed dating? What does that mean? Hermes? Well, I think it's about hope. It's about, he wears certain brooches from time to time, like um, when he and his dad and Karofsky and his dad are talking about him coming back to um, McKinley, he has on an airplane brooch because he's flying above everything. And there's lots of different times where he, oh, lost my microphone. Oh, will you explain something to me while you're right here? Because you're not going to be on that podcast. Why is Kurt wearing a big giant spider on his shoulder during transitioning? Oh, um, yeah, I will I mean, figure that out. Let me know, and I will mention I will, it on the I, podcast. I have a, a semi-formed thought on that. But anyway, so um, so he has this sort of, uh, you know, it's it's fall, right? And he's wearing this, like, deep green and deep red. It's almost like Christmassy color, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, he has on those, uh, those spacey pants and... He's got his sleeves rolled up, and he has on this this gilded winged brooch that kind of makes it seem like he's like blossoming and flying, and you know, phoenix from the ashes and all that kind of stuff. And then he has those hilarious lines where he says, like, out of respect for Blaine, he's not dating. Oh my god! Like out of respect for his own inability to deal with reality, he's not dating. Yeah. Oh um, my god. And then he goes to his thing, and he straight up will not shut up about Blaine again. And it just made me remember, again, the scene with Elliot where he was like, yeah, you talk about him. You talk about him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone exactly. Blaine. Well, that's, I, I'm like, I'm like, you know, and we're going to get more into this stuff with when he gets starts dating Walter. But I'm like, do you have any idea? Like, Kurt probably doesn't shut up about Blaine to Walter, too. I mean, like you can kind of tell in one scene that they meet. He's like, oh, the infamous Blaine. Kurt yeah. does not, sh- whether good or bad, he does not shut up about I'm sure Blaine. they are ob- obnoxious with each other. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I can tell. I mean, the, uh, the thing that I really love about this scene is that these guys are all presented to be, like, weird or gross or geeky or whatever. And Kurt is just as bad. Like, that psychic guy was kind of cute. And he's like, dude. Like, you aren't over your ex. You need to, like, deal with that. He put the camera and have it focused on one of those guys and her yeah. just one of the many weirdos that have come yeah. to the speed dating. I like exactly. that the psychic tells him he's not over it, and the psychic gets up and not just leaves the table, he leaves the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, fuck it. Most promising one is no good. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And so, yeah, so all of this, I think that's another thing. Like, if you take it, you can't take it at face value because Kurt's like, yeah, I totally broke up with him and I was totally engaged. But it's like, no, he's not. Like, you can't take Kurt at face value. He is trying to project what he thinks that he should be at this point, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And he feels like if he keeps saying it, then it'll be magically true, but it's not. It's kind of like goes back to the season four when he tells Adam, I desperately want to be over Blaine. Well, but you're not. You need to deal with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And then we um, get, he finally manages to get a date. I don't know if it's because he says he gets on Tinder of all things. Oh, my God. Um, But he he, uh, manages to find this nice gentleman to date. Um, 
Maybe we don't really know anything about him. I really couldn't know. think there was nothing going on in my brain besides those pants. So we're fine. <laughs> um, and and then we get the actual breakup scene, which we've talked so much about. I don't know how much more we need to add, but um, let's. Talk I about like the, the way they that, tie in the watch. Yeah, well, and the lack of rain that's very apparent that they show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Kurt's, and I like that Kurt's fidgety. He's fidgety for this date, and why would you bring your first date back to the place where you dumped your? fiance why would you do that kurt um maybe this guy had decided to meet there but um which is what i I, said i would assume that the person decided to meet there and it was like he had things so repressed he hadn't really thought about it or maybe he felt i am over it i am fine i am good i can do this i think it was the same place i thought it was just he was looking out through the window and was sort of seeing oh you think maybe it was a different restaurant he was looking out the looking outside yeah I don't yeah. know. That's fine too. I mean, because I think that as much as Kurt was like, I want to go on a date, having to actually go on another date means um I mean technically that. the that was the last date he had been on. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know what another thing is, and this goes back to the timeline. Blaine in the breakup scene says that it is um they were gonna get married Labor Day. And at this point in time, because of the whole six month thing, it lines up with it. It would have been Labor Day or ish mm-hmm. when Kurt goes on this date. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, this is your first date since you broke up with your fiance and realizing that at this point in time, you would have been married to him. I, I think that, and then say so you're just, you know, kind of going on this date with this guy who probably likes the same reality television you do. It probably is a very jarring and waking up thing. Like, Oh my God. Like, I well, think that's- kind of get the sense of why he hasn't gone on a date yet as well. Yeah. Is that, you know, he kind he self-preservation is something Kurt is very good at. And he's, he's a, there's got to be a part of him that's aware that dating is going to open him up to exactly this sort of thing is having to deal with why. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Um, yeah. I, the second breakup is brutal. Um, I think it's way harder to watch than the first one. I think they did, they just did a much better job in general. I remember the first breakup scene, which really wasn't even a breakup scene. Um, I mean, they just kind of fought with each other and Kurt ran off crying, but they filmed it right after Darren had been doing like something all weekend and it was like a last minute thing. And, um, and it kind of shows a little bit, I mean, but this one, this one is so, this one hurts way more. I, I yeah, have a hard time. This one is really, really good. And it's not even that you're sad. It's that you're almost shocked. You know? Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, all the, the scenes that they have together in this episode are crazy, crazy. Um, oh, not relevant. What's we're looking for? They just they resonate. Resonate. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of little details about this that I really like. I like that Kurt is not like I like what you said about Kurt was in the middle of an argument when Blank oh, came in. Yeah, and just totally. completely continued. I think that Kurt was so stuck in his head. That he just didn't really, you know. But I also think, like, he says a couple of things. He said, first of all, he says, I love you too, but we need to end this now before I hate, uh, you know, we grow to hate each other. And I think that he was so, uh, it's part of that, you know, I have, you know, our relationship on this pedestal that it needs to be perfect. And because it's not, I would rather preserve that memory than actually tarnish it. So I'm going to discard this and not really, uh, that, that is one of the key things it's like he it's not about not loving the other person it's about not 
knowing being too young and all the other issues in your life of not knowing how to be in a real relationship. And I think he also really legitimately does not want to say goodbye to Blaine and yeah. doesn't want to have a divorce. He doesn't want to have a real separation. Yep. He really did want to try and preserve something. They've always been friends. And I think that maybe he thought, you know, they were going to have some time and then they, they could exist again in, in parallel lives in some way. Yeah. Which is stupid. They can't exist parallel. No. <laughs> but that's, well, what, you know, what Kurt was trying to say was, 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 was not what was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I think he, and, and what Blaine was hearing was more, fun. I, I just, their, their communication at this point. Yeah. yeah. Blaine was hearing, well, Blaine also, was hearing what Blaine wanted, what, well, what was terrible Blaine would, yeah. And Blaine wasn't really listening and they weren't really, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great dysfunctional argument. Well, and then to really, I, I really wanted to, uh, to hammer home the point that when Blaine says, "You do you even want to marry me? And Kurt says, no, it is a rash. Like, I have not had a chance to actually think about me saying no. It, it, that's he's why shocked. It just comes out. This like, is the Kurt, wrong time to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he says, maybe I don't. He doesn't say I don't. He says, maybe yeah, I don't. Maybe I don't. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's like he, he and has even, had, you know, it goes back to that conversation with Ellie. Even the concept of maybe I don't is so terrifying to him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but it goes, yeah, it goes back to the proposal too. When he's like, maybe I don't want to get married right now, but Blaine's kind of like, and it's, it's the same with the thing with the, the, the marriage part of it, like, or the, you know, planning the wedding. Like he has, he just got back together. Like they just are working things out. They are going through some issues and, and Kurt just can't, he needs the time to process and Blaine pushing on it is not helping anything. So it, it kind of, you know, to get into this circular bad habit and stuff like that. At the same time, there's some stuff with, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Sorry. I was just going to say with the proposal, I think, you know, it, that, I mean, I mean, obviously everything all ripples down from that moment because that's sort of where this, this all began. And I think Kurt, I think in that moment, stepped forward and hoped that Blaine's absolute conviction that this was right would be enough to carry them through because he wasn't that sure. And I think this is the abscess is the end of that arc, which is just that his, in the end, Blaine's conviction is not enough to make up for Kurt's lack of it at this point. Now, on the Blaine side, there's a couple of things that I want to point out here. First of all, Blaine is hurt, but he's also angry. And that anger is going to hold on. I mean, this isn't just, you know, like the first time he, he, you know, is my fault. I did this. I could have done better. I could have done better. This time it's, I am mad that you did this to me. And that is, does he will never forgive him. It was great. Yeah. It was vicious. And I think Kurt needed some of that pushback. I do. I do, too. I think that it's definitely something that Kurt needed to experience and learn. And, uh, like, he never has gotten, like, the really dark parts of Blaine thrown at him. And he does here. And it is, like, to to really, because, like, you know, at the time, when you're just so angry and, and fine, and we're going to, you know, take this, you know, you know we're going to break up, we're going to just not deal with it. But to look back on that, I mean, like, when we pan back to Kurt, He's crying like, holy crap. I didn't just break up with my fiance. 
I hurt him very badly. Mm-hmm. And just the pain of that, like, and, you know, is finally hitting him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Intense stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I love that they had them uh, fighting in the rain. You know, I love that they had them off kilter. Kurt was hungry uh, and exhausted. And, you know what? Kurt does, Kurt does not look Blaine in the eye. Blaine is, you know, because how could you? Oh, my God. That scene, I mean, like, it just makes me want to cry watching Blaine's face. But, like, when he's like, you know, is this something I did? Or what can I do to be different? And, and Kurt won't look at him because I'm pretty sure he knows that his result has begun. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think, you know, it's, I, I, as much as this is so painful to watch, I, I look at how things sort of resolved later on. And I think there is, I'm not sure that in on the trajectory they're on here, they could have ever managed to find their, find their actual, oh, how am I, how to say this? I don't think they would ever have been okay if they'd followed on this trajectory and any other. Yeah, and gotten married and, and gone on with it. Yeah, because they both, I mean, you were talking about Blaine um, realizing now that, you know, he... Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> on his own and that he, you know, all of this stuff just, they, they did, they were young. They needed to be apart in order to be together. Yeah, I think they needed, they were they would have ended up resenting each other that all of the, th- it just would have gotten worse and worse and worse. And it probably would have ended up in a divorce, you know, six months later or a year later. Yeah. And they would have hurt each other yeah. irrevo- irrevocably. So and Kurt was right. He was wrong. It, 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 you know, I'm not saying what he did was wrong, but he was kind of right in his read of the situation. Yeah. I think he made a good choice in some ways. I mean, I wish that he would have, you know, it would be nice, we're, but we're watching a TV show, so there needs to be drama. Like, in reality, you want them to make a less extreme choice, like, hey, let's turn the temperature down and do some of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of the show and the drama and watchable TV, I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it's, it definitely, it de- and then, you know, and then starting from this place. Starting the season off with this breakup. This is why I like it better. Because I feel like the season five stuff fits in season five. But starting this season off with them broken up in this play and then building. Because we're not going to spend the entire season breaking them up. I'm glad that we didn't have to go through that and see. That would have been painful to watch. But Mm to watch them growing back towards each other is really Mm -hmm. delicious, I think, in a lot of ways. And I I appreciate the fact that they have Kurt... Um, you know, come to the full realization, be crying, and then just get up and he just runs out. Yeah. And he leaves his jacket. <laughs> he just, he, he leaves clothing. Kurt. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, just we love get it in some the guy. great visuals of him running away in those pants. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, that's, yeah. he, the, and, you know, it's not, he doesn't want to be on this date. He, he just, it finally real, he realizes just, what happened much that hurts and that's again he just wasn't processing over the summer he just put that all aside not going to think about it not going to deal with it and now everything comes at once whereas you know and this is why they're so off when they're you know we'll talk about scandals in a second but blaine has had all this time to process but he's still angry but he's had time to process about it kurt hasn't kurt's just like we can go i can go fix this i can you know take care of it it'll be fine yeah you know I do, I do like that, um, uh, that Kurt, you know, running away from the, um, from the restaurant, from the date, 
um, the kind of the full arc of that is him running to blame. Yeah. Um, yeah. After yeah. Yeah. with um, uh, oh god, what's his name? The old guy, Walter. Walter. You know, so he, he leaves one date to run, and he leaves another date to run, and one. You well, know. you know what is is something that is a. This is my thing with Kurt and all these other, like Chandler and Adam and Walter and this date guy. He will ditch all of them in a second so they yeah. can go be with Blaine. Yeah. Like, like all of these mid games, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just something to do while there's Blaine's not there. Like, ends for a while, the minute. For a while, it ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my point about JC St. James. The other thing um, I would like to mention really quickly. Um, was we we aren't going to do the script uh, because I guess I didn't get it, um, and it's okay. This script sucks. Um, <laughs> script. But the thing that I'm glad this clean breakup was a lot longer, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, we could have seen more of it, or we could have seen more." No, and no, 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 it was it was exactly it was, what it needed to be. Yeah, it just, I don't it need just, I don't need a long Santana rant. No, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, basically, just so that other people know, the two things that I object to, I don't remember all of it, but the two things that I really object to it being in there, first of all, it looked like somebody went on to an anti-Blaine site and just put on a whole bunch of things. Um, but Not cool. Not cool, no. But first of all, it, it Blaine or Kurt says somewhere in there that he resents the proposal being forced on him, which I'm glad that, don't ruin that proposal. Don't. Uh, yeah, so like I said, it, it's, it felt like somebody went to an anti-Blaine site and just picked a whole bunch of things. Um, the other thing is, Blaine says, I hate you at the end of the scene. Oh. And it, it, nope. both nope. of those None things of those things are there, true. None of those things are true. Putting, yeah, had to go he, out. Yep, exactly. And I think putting that stuff in there, I feel like this is a claim you could come back from. But if you put in those things that are just that extra step farther, you can't come back from that. And really, like, there's some actual... The, the thing about... Kurt and Blaine always is that they love each other and they are never, you know, they're, they're never extreme with whatever, you know, yeah, they, they, they're not, they, they're not Rachel. They're not, yeah. I mean, they're not any of these things. Yeah. They don't, I mean, you said they, you know, they paper, paper cut each other to, to, to the breakup, but they're not cruel, you know? Um, and a lot of the stuff that was in the original script was cruel and I would hate to see either of them like that. So, and I think as well the script, the scripts. If there's something in the script that doesn't make it into the episode, there's yeah. a reason. There's a choice. Yeah. Like, and and sometimes sometimes it's time. Sometimes you know sometimes something gets altered because as soon as it's set out, like somebody types it, but when yeah. they speak it, mm-hmm. they go ooh. Ooh, that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And a lot, I mean, most of the time, I mean, I know, like, we can look at the season three Christmas episode, and yeah, that should have been a better clean episode with the boxing and all that. I get that. But this time, and most of their scripts, we can usually agree, they make the right decisions and what they cut. Um, and this is one of those, I mean, you guys, I mean, not you two, but in general, you can read the scripts. They are something to, that are interesting as a what if or a the discussion on what's different and how they make the show. And I think that stuff is valid in a, you know, a, a, a you know, just kind of looking at a full picture of how but the show scripts is put aren't together. Sacred. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's only one part of a production. Exactly. So Say I, I really hate the arguments that oh because it was in the script that's the intentions of the writers. I'm like no, what you see airing is the intentions of what the show wanted to put out there, and that is canon. Now you can take your fanfic any way you want to. That's totally fine. But um, 
I just always hated the argument of, oh, it was in the script. This is why Kurt really doesn't love Blaine. No, so that's not. Um, as as um, as actors working on um, a show that shoots daily, they get sides that adapt the script. The script is is one thing, but each yeah. day you get your sides, and and it may be slight, may be very different. It may be slightly different from the script, but each day you get a new set of papers that yeah. can um, that can change that can alter that. Not so, to mention, you know, each take is different. Each editing run through is different. It is not, you know, what is written on page is not gospel to, you know, it is a process and a living thing until it airs on television. And we so, know that Lee was quite open to the concept of sort of crowdsourcing to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, they, so. they, they worked with each other. The, the, the actors had say in um, some of their characters. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we're not doing the script just because it, you know, I when when I read it when it when we first got them, um, it was so just like, it made my stomach hurt. I'm like, this is not something that I want to be. It was just awful. So I'm glad that is not what we got. So. Okay, um, so yeah, so after we get Kurt and this huge realization. You know, the first thing he does is get back to life. I'm, you know, try and find Rachel and go back home. But, you know, we see that, you know, he went out to that spot. Six months later, he has nobody. I mean, Artie is in New York still, but, like, are they close? No, they're not. And so he comes back to the place where he knows people are. And because you can come home again. And here, let me throw, let me ask you guys a question, though, because this has come up in my travels. Um, at the end of season three, beginning of season four, Kurt goes off and Bert says, you know, I, you know, you come home again, but I know you won't, but here he is. And do you feel like, I guess I've heard he didn't come home to come home though. He came home to get Blaine and go back to New York. Yeah. He didn't actually come home. Yeah. This is a temporary stop on the Hummel Express, which is why. We don't see, and we and we don't see a scene with he and his dad. Not just because Michael yep. Malley might have been busy, but we don't see it because that would have made things kind of okay. We needed to see the sad, sad misery. The the we needed to see Rachel being there for someone because that's a growth point she needed to have, and we yep. needed to see him crying and her holding him and talking. We needed to see him confessing to someone who he doesn't always have um, not protecting a, an artifice with yeah. yeah how important this this whole relationship with Blaine like how he's, big it is for him dad yes. from things yeah. he didn't want his dad to, to have to, to worry about so yeah. Rachel is is the one that he would go to here well his dad might say yeah you know what you guys will probably sort it out in a couple of years yeah chill out <laughs> you know yeah Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think also, I, how do I put this? I think I there mean, are we really needed we mm. needed a Hummelberry scene where she yeah. is protective of him and she cares about him in that same way. Lovely we scene. had to have it. Yeah. It was a beautiful little scene, and it was. I mean, they are, despite how problematic the friendship sometimes is over the years, as friendships sometimes are. Um, uh, they really do get each other at the core of it all sometimes, like Mm -hmm. in a way that, uh, you know, their, their drama somehow or other once in a while really just settles in right next to each other and they can look each other eye to eye and understand where the other person is. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, like I do like the fact that he admits that he's been to therapy. I love the fact that um, he admits that. Well, let's talk about the intimacy issues that they said um, Kurt has, and I do think it's a thing. Not maybe necessarily the way they phrased it exactly, but I do think that Kurt has a hard time being, you know, letting people in his shell, and and it is a de- like we were talking before, it was a defense mechanism that he's always put the shell on. He's always needed to protect himself and to actually let people inside that and to you know open himself up to the the um, the idea that he might actually get hurt again, especially with you know having gotten hurt the first time. Kurt never really opened up completely again, and he does have that you know issue. And I think you know after going through and realizing his pain and realizing that he can get hurt, but it's okay, and becoming friends with Blaine again, and and realizing his you know continuing his feelings and being okay with his feelings that he he can also live his life with those feelings and still live his life, which is what Brittany's going to her advice in, in episode three is going to be. Um, he's got to just kind of work through that. Um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, it does. And I think that he, um, you know, he doesn't have some of those intimacy issues with his dad because yeah. a, a, a relationship with a parent, especially a parent of the caliber of Bert Hummel, uh, is just so totally different. And he doesn't rely on anyone else. And he's uncomfortable I, relying on Blaine. I he think has to I, learn how to do that. I would argue that he did at the beginning, though. And then when Blaine cheated on him, that was such a jarring. Sure. Um, I think that's right. That, I think, I think that's yeah. fair. I'm just saying, like, you look mm. at him, um, you know, he is a, he is a self-sufficient person. And, and he doesn't. He doesn't actually need Blaine, and I'm glad that Blaine is at a point where he doesn't need Kurt. But the fact that he wants him, yeah, I think exactly. is a very mature, very reasonable thing for him to say. Oh, I want this. I want to let this person in. I I right. want to allow this intimacy. Yeah. Um, and you and know, that's... maybe there's a point to be said about how men are socialized. Uh, or maybe it's a throwaway thing, or maybe it's Kurt trying to understand all the things that come at you in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, you know, the learned nature of things as well. Although he and Bert are now at a really good place. They um, were, you know. And so the certain nature of what he, you know, of the, you know, the... You know, the manly kind of love that he grew up with from Bert before Bert kind of figured him out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that that would feed into it as well. I, you know, and I also like that Rachel straight up asks me, like, you came back. Are you sure you're not just lonely? There's nobody there. Are you sure, like, you know, you aren't just yeah. doing this because you, you feel like, you know, you need to, you know, be, you know, you can't make it on your own. And he says straight up, you know, no, Blaine is the love of my life and I screwed it up. I'm back here to fix it if I can yeah. And that was, I, I like that Kurt, you know, explicitly stated, I love him, I want him, and I screwed up. Now, granted, Blaine needs to hear that, but, like... Sure. <laughs> but trust is a choice, and he chooses to trust him, and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kurt has always... You know, yada, 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 yada romance. Other people yeah. what he feels about Blaine than he is about telling Blaine. And we don't, unfortunately, because of the way the show is, we don't hear 
the conversations the two of them have. I mean, like back in, for example, in the, the last episode of season five, Kurt says, you know, we've had long discussions about, you know, trust or whatever. And like, we didn't see any of it. Like it's so we can put in whatever we want through our fan fiction or our discussions or whatever. Um, Glee does that. They just leave these holes open for you to fill in. Um, so the most interesting part of Glee happened off camera. <laughs> I know it's unfortunate. Um, the other thing I, I kind of wanted to say though, um, was that I know a lot of people were like, I don't, you know, they go through this whole coming back together thing. And then it, like, how do they get from this breakup to getting married right off the bat? And I think that a lot of it, like you just said, a lot of the most interesting stuff happens off. But I think that they had to work on each other, themselves, Kurt and Flame both, had to work on themselves as individuals. And they did that over the summer and through this first episode. And them coming back together, kind of coming, they come back together on, like, the same page. And they, they work through some of the anger. And on screen, we get to see the anger and becoming friends again and being, you know, in each other's lives and in each other's orbits. But some of the stuff that was going wrong. No, I mean, yeah, I would have liked a few more conversations between the two of them. I do think that the reunion stuff was, yeah, they could have done that better. But I think that the majority of the issues that they were having are resolved even by the time we get into this episode. I actually think I agree. And also I think that they didn't have that much to reunite over. I think that for them coming back together is not that complicated no. once they had a few pieces in place, especially mm-hmm. the indi- the work that they do individually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen more of it. Just, but, you know, a scene or two and a short scene at that. Uh, but, it's but, you know, I, I already have the buy-in. I already think, right. you know, like I'm coming to it thinking, yeah, yeah, this is, this is going to work. This One reason I like this episode so much is that it does... And it's in small one-liners. It's not in a fully fleshed out thing. I get that, but that's Glee. But they really set it up like, okay, we had them break up. We had them work through a lot of their issues. Now they're going to meet each other again. And this is how they get from that anger place to being on the same page and being in an adult relationship. And I think, for the most part, it works for me anyway. So um, before we get... Where are we at? Are we... Well, um, so... Yeah, <laughs> are we going to we talk, we're going to scandals. We're oh. going to scandals. It's so, so good. It hurts so, so terrible. This scene is so amazing, though. So amazing. Um, so we're back at scandals, uh, and if people remember, that was back in season three for the first time. So another stab in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean they're even playing the same music in the background that they were playing yeah. during that scene. Well, scandal doesn't change. <laughs> it doesn't update. You know, I kind of like that. There's a whole story there about scandals not changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, what a weird place too. I, lo- you know, what's so funny? I have to say, back in the Rachel episode where Kurt, or back in the Rachel scene where Kurt's like, "We should meet at this place." With however he says it, you can tell it's the writer's exposition, and it doesn't flow naturally at all. Like maybe we could meet in an undisclosed place in a, you know, in the middle of public where nobody, you know, just. I wish I remember the line, but it's so funny and awkward. An actual location or a yeah, uh, like something like that. Yeah, but so yeah, they meet at scandal. <laughs> Of course. Okay. Um, right off the bat, I love 
for that hug, that kind of weird. Oh, like, so awkward. Oh my God. So I, you know, you, you know, you've been intimate with this person and now you're not. And that sense of familiarity is there. Like Blaine goes in to kiss him, but like, oh, wait a minute. This is, this, I can't. Now. Yeah. 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 It's so, and, um, you know, and Kurt's so awkward, but he's like, I love that he just lay, lays it out there. And he's like, you know, I came back to Lima for you to get your heart back or to get your forgiveness back and then get your heart back. I and love that he is unguarded. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love that he's not good at it. Like Blaine, you know, you got to give him some credit for being like, I'm going to give this whole proposal and just, you know, you know, all this stuff. And he's very charismatic in a way that Kurt isn't. And I love that Kurt is just, you know, he's such an awkward oh, kid. I So awkward. And so I, lovely. I think that's one thing, like when we talk about fandom it's and so fandom. Awkward. Well, it's, it's awkward because it's so real. Yes. Yeah. It is. But I also think, real. I feel like fandom builds Kurt up as this, like, very calculating and very, you know, just, uh, how do I put this? It's not graceful. It's not the word I'm looking for. But, like, very point by point knows what he's doing. And, and but he's not, but Kurt doesn't. He well, is there are so... situations where he is that, but this isn't them. No, when he's trying, when he's emotionally honest, he is, he fumbles. And that's one reason why he, he holds back is because he knows he's, this is not what he's good at. This is Blaine. I, mean, can, I love the fact the that his approach here is like, it's almost like what he practiced in therapy. Like, yeah. I'm going to say these exact words and, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll make like, I've really thought of it and, and it's going to, going to make a lot of sense. And I love that Blaine is still holding on to that anger. Like when they first are kind of talking, Blaine's like, no, you don't get to do this again. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And, and when you think about it, it is, it is a little bit of a, like, you know, he's agreed to meet Kurt, but he has not told Kurt that he's brought, you know, and Krosky doesn't seem to like, he, you know, he probably said, Hey, Krosky, you're going to meet Kurt. I want you to be there. And Krosky's like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> like, this is, it's, you know, Blaine is not usually the manipulative one, but this is a little bit, I'm, like... I'm not sure that Blaine has told Karofsky that he has not told Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. <laughs> I think you're right. Karofsky's off in left field anyway, but... Um, He's so adorable. He's so adorable in the scene. He's so wonderfully harmless yes. and jovial. He's at such a great point in his life. Uh, and I love the juxtaposition of like how happy he is. And he thinks that three and they are going to have a great time. And then Kurt's head, he's like, oh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Let me, let's back up for just a second. Let's first of all, talk about, um, when, when I, I love this moment when, first of all, he's like, please don't be Sebastian Smythe, you know, like, don't be Sebastian, mm -hmm, don't be, mm -hmm. you know, how could it possibly be worse than Sebastian? And Karofsky comes up and he touches Kurt and Kurt like flinches. Flinches. Yeah. He's surprised and he flinches because this giant hand on his neck. Yeah. But it's also, he knows that voice and he associates, you know, that like mm -hmm. it's, it's, oh my God, this guy was a terror to me. And this is worse than Sebastian's mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. Cause it's like, you know, that's the worst thing he can think of. And it's like, what's worse? Oh my God. 
It is, which is, I mean, that was all the fandom in the hiatus. This is the worst thing that we can possibly do. And, you know, the fandom reaction was strong, and I don't really fault anybody for having that kind of reaction. But as soon as you start watching this season, Mm -hmm. I think it really works. I agree, too. Because I... And I initially was like, oh, I also want to throw up at this spoiler. I did, too. Because <laughs> I, I hated, I mean, I'm still not a huge fan of Krofsky, but I hated Krofsky in season two. And just the idea that Blaine and Krofsky were dating, it made me sick to my stomach. But I had a really hard time making sense of making sense of it with Blaine. Yeah. Um, but but Krofsky is almost a different character at this point. Oh, he, he's such a he, goober. Yeah. He but is... The powerful thing about this scene is that Kurt doesn't, I mean, he knows that Karofsky from a couple of years ago was making strides, but to Kurt, he's still kind of frozen in that boy just past being his tormentor. Mm-hmm. And and so there's just, there is this kind of horror to the scene because, yeah. oh, I mean, I think it also, um, for me, it read more so that okay, he has competition and now he's in competition with this thing that he never imagined. Like, this is outside of the scope of anything that seems possible. And he's so thrown. For this. I'm going to throw this out there and you guys can let me know what you think of it. But I think that, yes, Kurt has this lingering, this guy used to torture me mentality but i also think that he forgave karofsky a long oh, yeah. time ago and i think that even in season three when they were doing the on my way stuff and and karofsky tried to commit suicide i think that kurt forgave him for a lot and i think that they pushed now not to the point where he'd be totally cool with you know him dating blaine but like <laughs> yeah. like i think that a lot of the issues maybe fandom had, and I'm, again, I'm not, what you said, Snarky, it's okay to, like, if you don't go with it, totally understand. I totally get it. But, like, I think for Kurt, he has let some of that go. And this is now what Snarky said, this thing that he never thought he would have to deal with. Like, he thought he was going to come in here and tell Blaine that he loved him still, and they're going to be together, and they're going to just get back right on that track, and we can talk about just relationships, and no. Like, and it's no. one thing it's one thing to forgive somebody for the mistakes that they made. It, it's it's kind of another to be now facing that person uh, as competition. It, it, mm-hmm. Well, not just and not just competition. There's there is a selfishness that you I mean he or not a selfishness. He's he was able to give that forgiveness because at that chapter in his life. Karofsky, you know, it was it was different, and he could he could move past. He was in a good place. He had blame. He could let it go. Um, and, and but it's 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 like I've just given you my benediction to become the lover of the person. <laughs> yeah, back. And there's got to be something going in his head like that. Wah, 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 music. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. fine, but not with my boyfriend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I love um, Karofsky is so oblivious Like you're right I don't think Blaine filled in I think Blaine said Hey we're going to get together the Kurt And Dave would be like Are you, Is that okay Keep in mind That Blaine always calls him Dave That you know yeah, It's not totally Karofsky different. It's, it's, it's totally Dave. different Also um, You know Dave um, 
you know, we learn later has a sense of as soon as Kurt's back, I'm out of here. So he's also being extra happy. Yeah. Like he, he sells it, but there's a part of him that could also just be uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Somebody is, you know, you're the guy that you're dating's fiance comes back to town. Yeah. And it's Kurt. Yeah. On, <laughs> in, in a couple of episodes from now in the record shop, he's definitely hovering in a kind of, yeah, uh, back off my man kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 let's talk about because we we're so we, we've so done so much about with Kurt. Let's talk about Blaine a little bit. Blaine is partially using him as a shield. Like I don't oh. want to deal with this. Partially. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, Blaine is being <laughs> such a little shit in this up in this scene. He really is. I mean, yeah. you and know, I love him. He wants. But, oh he, my God. he wants. He was so hurt by Kurt that like. But okay, but let's, uh, you know, a lot of people ask the question, why would, you know, Blaine date Karofsky in the first place? Part of it is a little bit sadistic. I do think that is a thing. But, like, think about it. They meet at country blind dancing night, bear night, whatever, at at Scandals, and they get to talking about Kurt. Mm -hmm. The same way that Elliot said that Kurt talks about Blaine, Blaine doesn't shut up about Kurt. And Sam's probably already heard it a bazillion times. Like, there's nothing to do. But this, you know, they can... It, you know, and Karofsky says, you know, well, I started talking about how much you were awesome. And so Blaine kind of got over a little bit of his anger, kind of. And they they started their relationship talking about Kurt. Okay. So, That's their whole relationship. Yeah. They which, only have a relationship, good or bad, because of him. And so, I mean, Dave must understand that. I think he level. does. If he, yeah. he wouldn't have been so easy to let go. If he didn't know that he, I think Dave was pretty well aware that he was a rebound and, and he was like, yeah, I'll date this guy. He's cute. Mm-hmm. And, when and they this, break well, boo-boo, little boo-boo. When, when they oh my God. Up, say something about, he said that he already, he always knew there was a clock on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like, yeah, you're right. Okay, it's not as evident in this scene, but when you go back and you look at it with some yeah. hindsight, you could see a little bit of him. He seems just like super happy and like a goofy idiot. But then also you have to wonder if there's a layer of him projecting how look at this awesomeness that we're having so fun. Oh, yeah, you should hang out with us. So fun. Like he and Kurt are having a competition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look the knives get- are out, but they're so not really fun. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, yeah, of course, Kurt's like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And of course, he's like dying inside. Um, yeah. But, but I, about Blaine, like, the thing that really gets me also about the scene is that, okay, first they have these nicknames for each other. And it's, you know, it's something that Kurt and Blaine never did. That everything about Blaine's just going to be like, whatever. Krofsky wants to have nicknames, we'll have nicknames. He wants to do this, we'll do it. Like, he doesn't care that much about this relationship. It's just well, a Krofsky thing. Krofsky already had that nickname. Oh, Remember? Yeah. In season yeah. three. So, mm-hmm. he was just sort of bringing little boo-boo in. <laughs> Sorry. It's too funny. Someone, someone must have photoshopped their heads on a yogi and boo-boo somewhere. I gotta find I'm that. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but I, the other thing is that if you watch the scene... Blaine is not like during this whole Karofsky nonsense and being a goober. Blaine's watching Kurt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, he's so. He's like, how how you liking this? Is this fun? Is this fun? But the really the real kicker is when when Kurt leaves to go to the bathroom. Blaine, Blaine feels guilty. He yeah. knows he knows that he hurt Kurt back, and I don't think that he. 
I think he went in there thinking he was going to be fine and mature and, and it'll be great. And I can stick it to him a little bit because he hurt me. But I don't think he realized like, oh, man, seeing Kurt hurt like that was going to affect him. I don't think he anticipated that. I, I think that plays into Blaine thinking that he's more over Kurt than he is, because yeah. if he's over Kurt, then that maybe wouldn't have hurt him quite as badly. But in Kurt walking away, Blaine's heart is breaking at the same time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the true test of whether or not Blaine is fine without him is seeing him. And Blaine fails that test. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Flying colors. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, and just, you know, the fact that, like, it's not something he, like, from Blaine's perspective, you know, he was done. He's fine with, he's, you know, he's been angry. He's been kind of slowly getting over that. He's been okay on his own. And Kurt comes back. And never in his wildest dreams did he think Kurt was going to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry. I love you still. I want you back. Like, yeah. what? And it probably was, yeah, it was not what he and, was expecting. And, you know, here is Blaine. And Blaine's trying, like, you know, he's he's trying to have his life different than what he thought it would be. So he's trying all these new things. Cause remember, like, they meet at, like, country western line dancing night, which is like, Blaine, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a sweater with a bow tie. Pretty sure. Trying wearing two sweaters and a bow tie. And, like... <laughs> What's he doing there, really? Who knows? He's just like, you know, when you're just, you're like, I'll just try oh, some things you know. and see, it. throw yeah. something at the wall and see what Unfortunately, sticks. I'm guessing he was there like every other night for a long time. Just he had, I mean, who does he have in line? I'm Sam. Sam's kind of boring. So like Sam would whatever, and he's just sad. Sam's kind of boring. <laughs> I love Sam, but come on. Like, he's not going to go to a gay bar. I mean, I bet no, no, yes. He probably yes, he did would. go to that gay yes, bar. And what happened is that everybody hit on Sam, and then Blaine was like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even see Sam being like, well, he's a very nice guy, but I just didn't What happens when they go to the gay bar is that there's a bachelorette party there. <laughs> oh. And they all go to Sam. <laughs> Maybe that was country line dancing night. Maybe Sam, Sam wanted to go to country dancing night. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Why isn't Beast there? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to touch the Beast stuff for this season. Um, I just enjoy Beast plus the country western music. It's yeah, fabulous. Absolutely. But yeah, so then there's the, the final thing of Kurt, you know, who runs off to the bathroom. And yes, let's talk about the fact that Kurt is so hurt that he managed to slide down that dirty gross wall and sit on the dirty gross floor of a gay bar. Yes. Doesn't Next care. to the toilet. Not <laughs> Yep. But the point is, I mean, just, you know, we don't see, I mean, yeah, Kurt cries all the time, but this brokenness that he has, just devastated by everything that's happened in the turn of events and, you know... That's, oh, that's what I was going to say about Blaine. Like, Blaine, Grant knows exactly what he's tr- there for. Berlin doesn't. And that's one reason why he brings Krofsky around. He, I mean, he could have been just like, Kurt's like, hey, yo, I'm back. Hey, how's it? That's cool. Oh, you got a boyfriend? Awesome. That's mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Blaine, I think, is expecting. He needed um, them. As but, soon as Kurt gets up, as soon as they're done with their show of this conversation, and Kurt gets up to go to the bathroom, Blaine clicks in. Um and he doesn't follow him, and it's hard to read at first, and I think that's all played really well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no there's no roadmap out of this situation. No. He's in a relationship with somebody, 
but the person who he's really still in love with is now in tears headed to the back. Like there is no roadmap for this at all. And at the same time, like it's like Blaine needed still some time. He wasn't done healing. He wasn't done being angry. I mean, it's not like if he was fine, fine and really knew that he wanted Kurt back, he would have said, okay, Crofts, you go home. I Kurt's back. I we're done. And they would have hooked up that night, but that's no, that's not. There's still just complicated emotions still. There's, there's a little bit of how dare you come back and, and say this because I was okay until you got here. Yeah. When I, yeah. And I think also as much as, like you said, he doesn't run after Kurt. He, he knows that he hurt, like he's hurt Kurt. All of this is hurt. Everybody's hurting, but he doesn't fall. Like he's not going to play that role again. He, he cannot surrender his life every time Kurt's upset. And he, he's like, no, Kurt needs to deal with his own stuff. I've, been trying to deal with my own stuff this sucks i hate it i'm sorry that like me throwing crosky at you hurts but i'm also not going to pick up all of your little pieces every time you fall apart but in his and, head he in his head he's still singing kurt a, kurt a, a song oh yeah absolutely and i think kurt also needed to feel that i mean kurt mm-hmm. needed to be you know hey kiddo you're alone like you wanted to be broken up there you go like mm-hmm. well this show is about people reaching rock bottom and i think this was the moment where everything was up from here. For Kurt. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I, this episode is a loser like me. They're all losers. They're all rock bottom losers. Just like they were. I mean, again, it goes back to the pilot when they were all losers. Kurt was being thrown in a dumpster. And, yeah. Well, yeah, he's just some other gross location. Somebody, somebody, somebody made a, a connection back then as well. Um, about um, because it was related with Karofsky, that image of Kurt in the yellow uh, sweater sliding down the lockers after mm. he had hit him, yeah. and just that that because they were two moments where his life just the bottom fell out of it. Um, for that brief moment, he just uh, d- doesn't know what to do with himself, um, and they were sort of two sort of parallel slides down very grubby things. I'm well, I think checking. the bathroom at Scandals is way worse. <laughs> oh, oh God, yeah. Plus, he touches the wall, and he's like down next to the toilet. But can I also say, I mean, on, you know, and this is on a completely unemotional side of things. My God, Chris Culver as Kurt is the most beautiful friar in the world. He is exquisitely beautiful. <laughs> well, but I like this is this is ugly growing too. Though it I mean, I know, crying. like sometimes when like I'm just on my way because we were talking about it earlier. It's such a pretty like his tears running down his face, and he just yep. you know it's it's all glistening and pale. This is this is just like yep. freaking gut wrenching, you know. This is just. Yeah, and I like that is a real thing. Like I, I, you know, I think we've all cried like that before. Like where we just are on the floor sobbing and a mess, and like, oh man. And it makes me wonder. I love love that he locked the door. Yes. You know, like he, he, he gets up and he walks away, and you see him sort of. They follow him through the room a little bit, like he's searching, searching, searching. What's the exit? He goes. He goes to the bathroom. He locks the door. And then he can have his full range of emotion. Yeah. yeah. And it has to be kind of private for him because he's in the middle of the scandal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I also like that he is alone. And not just, you know, Blaine's not there, but Sam is not there, and Mercedes is not there, and Rachel's is not there, and Dad's not there. Nobody is there for him. He is alone. And he's, this is the mess he created. 
Yep. Yeah. And he, he really needs to have that, that moment where it's like, wow, I really, I really fucked this up. The full yeah. ramifications of, of, of every choice yeah. that it's made to this point. I think that and, without that, that better boyfriend Olympics would have just ramped back up again. Yeah. Oh, that and I'm too. so glad we didn't have that. Well, there's always better boyfriend Olympics, but um, not really. I, I also think like they are on equal footing. They both hurt each other pretty badly. And I, I think I, the one thing this season I think does pretty well is put them on equal footing, which they haven't been since the beginning time. of really since the first time since the beginning <laughs> like, <laughs> the last time they were at scandals yeah it's full circle um so so yeah yeah in fact wasn't it wasn't it uh, it was it was at scandals for the first time where kurt really first kind of absolved Horowski. um that mm-hmm. he also is the first time like it was yeah, also about them opening up to each other, like yeah. being vulnerable again. There's a lot of, I, I think Scandals is incredibly a great choice because that episode was so important for them in so many ways. And to call back to that, I think is just brilliant. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 They, they've done good. They've done good. Um, this is real. I think this is, I don't know if it, I'd call it the best. I, I might my research that, but I think this is such a high caliber of an episode all around. I mean, except for the boring, you know, vocal number. It's a good, it's a great season opener. Yeah, the first three episodes are three of uh, for me uh, are, are three of Lee's most solid written episodes. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the season six, the first three episodes are three of my favorites. I mean, well, I might not have chosen to have sort of got here the way that we got here and all that sort of stuff. But for, for how the season began, I these first three episodes are uh, they're, they're some of my favorites. I season six, the writings. If you look at the writing credits. The first five are written by Ryan, Ian, and, and Brad. Mm-hmm. The next two were written by writers that have been around since season three. Yeah. Number eight was somebody that, that came around in one of the later seasons. And then nine through 11 were written by brand new people. <laughs> like, so if you wonder why the, the, the quality differs so much, like going forward, that that's why that's, because you've got these really seasoned and they know the characters well and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that it just, yeah, started to unravel. It's uh, you so can see funny because it's the like story of Glee. it's this. It's so funny because it goes back to all that stuff about Ryan Murphy, where it's like you know Ryan Murphy says he he's he really is good at sticking with a show, and he really gets all like you know. <laughs> and then you see this, and it's like oh, you know he started, and then he started doing something else. And, yeah. Well, and I think you can see, like I said, you could write on paper, you can see the writer's board. Like, I can see where they're like, this is this point, and we're going to, this is the, you know, this is the clean arc, this is Rachel's arc, this is the Will arc. I can see all the arcs. I understand why it's structured the way it is. But when you get into the details of those later episodes, you're like, okay. I am Um, glad I am not talking about the episode where Sam gets hypnotized. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I'm not going to talk about it very much. I mean, I... (laughs) 
man. No, I mean, no, I'll save that for later because I, if, I. But if any of them were going to be victim to hypnotization, <laughs> it's going to be Sam. <laughs> yeah, people are so polarized about the the elevator stuff, and I'm I'm just. I love it, but anyway. I got um, a good kiss out of it. I'm happy with it. <laughs> so anyway, about this one, I, that kind of, and the, do you, is there anything else that other points that you want to make before I wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so. I think it, it, the only thing I'm going to say is I think it's something that I said to you right at the beginning uh, before, we, before we actually started this, which is that it was, I, I, it had been a long time since I'd watched this and it came as an utter shock to me the amount of stuff that didn't happen in this episode because coming back to back with this uh, yep. for the season opener. And so there's all kinds of stuff that I thought was in this episode. Well, like, oh, what do you mean this didn't happen now? Oh my goodness. Uh-oh. You guys, and you're re- not remembering anything about the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> we. Oh man. Ask me anything and I can answer it. Um, <laughs> Making it up. What color are Kurt's pants when he slides down the wall at Scandals? White. I don't know. No, they're not. No, they're not white oh pants. God. No, that they're was... coral. <laughs> After <laughs> Labor Day, that couldn't possibly It's a brighter color. I don't know. They are bright. He has like a flowery shirt on. Yeah, I don't um, remember that kind of stuff. I remember yeah. things that happen very well. It happened. <laughs> The pants happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blaze man. Okay. colors happened. His gingham yeah. shirt when he's at at Scandal with Karofsky talking about their oh, cowboy hoot nanny. It's not necessarily in this, in this particular episode, but, but they are very matched throughout this entire season. Yes, they they wear very complimentary clothes with each other. Yeah, the, so. uh, the wardrobe department was on point for the final season. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, unless Snarky wants to interject a couple more times, we can. Uh... <laughs> you know, I wish I had. I wish I could do another classic. One more thing. <laughs> oh, I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. And oh, just disappointing this time. No, I'm kidding. You guys are amazing. Um, I mean, I can type some more, I guess, <laughs> or maybe eat something. <laughs> Let me go get a bag of chips. <laughs> Um, I want to thank you guys for being on this one because this is a hard episode to talk about. I think um, it is. N- yeah, yeah. Oh, people, don't we're wanna... smart. Then look at how easy we made it. I know. It's. Um, I hope. I know. And I, I know think a we lot skipped of people... a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't think we did. I, oh, okay, we, good. We pretty co- we covered it in depth pretty well. I think that a lot of people see. Ooh, second breakup. I don't want to deal with that, but it is. Some great discussion. I think season six in general is going to, you know, generate some great discussion. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad you guys are, you know, here at the beginning with me. I'll drag you all the way to the end line. <laughs> and um, at next week, we're actually uh, we're going to do something a little different. It's going to be a little surprise. So uh, just stay tuned for that. And then after that, we'll get back to homecoming. There's going to be a lot of different special episodes in between the episodes. Just so get ready for that, guys. Get ready for fun, people. Get ready for fun. Is, fun is on the docket. Prepare yourself. Um, and, and get ready for, you know, endings because we're, we're wrapping this up. So, um, she says, look, it airs in like October, the last one. So, I know. <laughs> it's, you I've know got what? This spreadsheet. I was all emotional about things being over. And then I looked at the spreadsheet with the air dates and I'm like, oh, that's you can like get emotional in August. Year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
I hope you guys enjoyed the show and come back next Sunday. We're always back next Sunday and uh, we'll see you next week. But now they're okay Only me or my You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar And